What's up, guys? Welcome to Screencast, Kind of Funny's entertainment podcast where we talk about movies, TV, and streaming services. I'm Tim Geddes, joined by Nick Scarpino. That was a great intro. Yeah. You came at it with the, the confidence of someone who's been doing it for a very long time. I've been doing it for a very long time. I respect Nick. it. You know who else has been doing it for a very long time? Joey Noel. I have. Yeah. Very this long is, time. This is what you're like. 37th games ca- or screencast appearance? Something like that. Yeah. Getting there. Feels good. It's Going for the bro, full 50. When you took this job and we said, you don't have to be on camera, <clears throat> and you said, thank God, and then we immediately put you on camera, yeah. were you surprised by that? Uh, I mean, it's pretty like par for the course, so no. <laughs> it's kind of funny, baby. Uh, speaking of kind of funny, Kevin is not here today. He is visiting his family out in Seattle. So he asked me to, to host the show for him, and I said, you know what, Kevin? I will. I will. But he also said, I'm going to prep the show for you. And I was like, cool. Then he didn't do that. Yep, and then no, he texted me no. today saying, oh, fuck. And I'm like, it's yeah, all good. It's, it's all, all good. good. It's all <laughs> up here, except yeah. for the Patreon producers that I need there, because I can't remember. There's so many of you. There's a billion the too now. many of you. But this is the Kind of Funny screencast. Every single week, we get together here on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games to talk about all the movie stuff you need to know. Uh, you can also watch the show later on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny. You can listen to it on podcast services around the globe. Just search for Kind of Funny screencast. RoosterTeeth.com, another option for your viewing pleasure. Uh, you can get the show ad-free by going to Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny. That also gives you the ability to be one of the... Very best. Very best. Yeah. No one ever was. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. I don't know yeah. where we're going with the it. Patreon producers. The Patreon producers, of course, this month are James Davis, David, the Mind Freak Lintel, oh, yeah. the best, the greatest of all time, Mohammed Mohammed, Justin, vote for Justin Toft, Drew Garnier for Tease, Shiraz, Razak, Jared, Downtown, Julie Brown, Cassandra <laughs> Ramirez, Ian Jacobs, Zachary Ryan, Taylor Smith, uh, Joseph Solar, Sean Fellows, Morgan. Gorenson, the nanobiologist, Frank Furter, Jameson, Shafransky. Mm-hmm. God, that's my favorite. Quaid, Star, the reactor, Barrett, and Al, the predator tribesman. Hell yeah. Wow. You had those ready. Oh, they're on KFAF. I love it. On KFAF. Very nice. cool. That's Very so cool much stuff. I like to see your like stream of consciousness brain just go. Do its thing. Just go. Downtown Julie Brown is my personal <laughs> That was awesome. Because yeah, I haven't I, heard that one before. I've been So it felt new and yeah, fresh. These, are all, these aren't new at all. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Indochino and MeUndies, but we will get to that later. A little preview of what's to come today. Uh, this is going to be our The Invisible Man review. Uh, we're going to start that off spoiler-free and then eventually get into the spoilers. But that will be at the end of the show so we can do it seamlessly. We're going to just talk about what we've been watching because it's been a while since we've done. We're going to catch up on these. We're going to catch up on a whole whole oh, bunch of stuff. A lot of great stuff out there to watch. Yeah. A lot yeah. of great stuff out there. Joey, you were, you were talking earlier about having to catch up on The Outsider this weekend. And i got to be honest with you, you royally screwed up. Why? Because this show is so nerve-wracking to watch in a single episode that I cannot imagine what it's like watching them back to back to back. That's usually how I do it. Like You're I'll watch like two or three at a time. It's not it's actually it's one of those things that as the the mystery starts to unravel as to what's going on, it, mm-hmm. it's getting more intense, but like the spookiness of it is not as ramped up. So I think you'll be okay. But the show is great. I think it's arguably the best show on TV right now. Mm, I would I really like it. I'm excited. I think it's a fun storyline. I really like this Jason Bateman character. There's a lot of mystery. Cynthia Erivo is so good. She's great. Uh, ben Mendelsohn crushing it. Yeah, crushing it. The whole cast is great. We're and gonna I, do. We're gonna do. So next week we got the uh, onward review that we're gonna do. The week mm-hmm. after that we're doing the a outsider, outsider yes. full spoiler cast review love and all that it. stuff. But like right now, both you guys, like, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on the show so far? Oh, I love it. I think it's absolutely worth watching. It's it's one of those, it's one of those things that HBO needed to get me to stick around after Watchmen. So like I watched Watchmen and I was like, man, maybe now's the time to get rid of the old HBO account and save ourselves a couple bucks, if you know what I mean. Then I see the preview for The Outsider and I was like, is that Jason Bateman? <laughs> is that Jason Bateman? <laughs> I was like, is he? Is he you is had he, me at Bateman. Is he, he may or may not be killing children. Well, this is interesting. Oh, Ben Mendelsohn's the good guy. Uh, it is, it's definitely a, it's one of those shows where you see it and you're like, it could be generic, kind of cheesy, but it's HBO, and you watch, you're like, "Oh no, this is AAA. This is like one of those shows now. I, I'll look forward to." But I think it's just a, it's just one and done, right? Yeah, yeah, because it's just based on that one book mm-hmm. or the one novella. I don't even think it was a book. I think it was like a short yeah. story he did, right, or something like that. Yeah, uh, uh, maybe it's a book. I think it might be a book. So I'm gonna say something controversial that like HBO stuff isn't normally like an automatic like home run for me. Like I. Did, don't like Game of Thrones and like a lot of those other like the only one that I think I've actually really really loved is True Detective. That's oh, a novel. Yeah. Um, so I feel like it hits a lot of those same notes for me as True Detective season it's one. It's very True Detective season one. 
Um, Only True Detective season one, you think there's a supernatural angle, and it just turns out they're just fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. This there, you know, it's Stephen King, so yeah. anything goes. It does. It's in the Stephen King universe, so anything goes, uh, which is cool. Yeah, but if that's if you're looking for something to, like fill that vibe, I think that this is really fun. Yeah, for me, and HBO, by fun I mean it's like kind of scary and maybe not that fun, but you still go back. Every I week. think you're gonna love it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not yeah. watching it. She's already. You're not gonna watch. You're so it. interesting that you don't really watch a ton of TV. I think yeah. it's only eight episodes, though. Yeah, maybe, I still don't watch Watchmen. I'm fucking up, man. Oh, dude, you definitely start with Watchmen first. Yeah, I know. Watchmen probably might be my first, my favorite all time, just single season of a show ever. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's perfect. Do you care about Westworld? Mm-mm. That new trailer. Look good. I watched the new trailer. So it looked good. Yeah, I did like that. I'm they a, got I'm me with Aaron Paul, it. man. My Sweet question, mind, is, man. My question is, can I just watch the last episode of season two? Because I hated the first three episodes of season two. I hated them. You can find a little like recap on the YouTube. Right? A little recappy. Yeah. They'll do a little recap juice right at the beginning of that bad boy. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll pop back in. Joey, moving on. I want to I wanna ask you about a movie called Horse Girl. Oh, my. I'm. This is the one that I'm, like, really upset that Kevin's not here for because this is some we- This is the weirdest movie I've watched in a this is what very I'm long time. We're talking about this, and you guys were making fun of me because I was like, Allison Bree's career is going into an interesting direction. And you were like, no, it's not. She just did Horse Girl. And I was like, you just proved my point. But did you see the article where Marvel's looking for an Allison Bree type? That's what that's how it started this whole conversation oh, really? yeah well, you guys okay. started saying that and i was like good she needs that because she's doing weird ass obscure horse girl movies on netflix right now i think yeah. you're so off base about allison brie i think she's like hitting the best stride she's ever had for I don't know. glow is great projects. glow is fantastic, Glow's fantastic. And i love the last season of glow oh, but like you got to get into those you got to get into marvel her, her, i, mean, her I have a feeling she's about to. john krasinski need to get into marvel like bad bad what yes <laughs> I, I mean, I agree with you that I yeah. want them there, but yes. I feel like they're both kind of killing it. Krasinski is killing it. I'm joking about that. But uh, he's got a tick- Quiet Place too coming yeah. out, which is going to be fucking great. Uh, a fun, uh, not, uh, we're not doing too much news in this one, but jumping off of what you're talking about, the She-Hulk rumors of yeah. Allison Brie that are about as you know subtle as the rumors of, yeah. uh, what's her name? Uh, Brie Larson. No, the Haley Steinfeld as oh. um, Kate Bishop, yeah. uh, which essentially... If you're not following along, Marvel wants those for those characters. Yes, mm-hmm. Can they get them? That's the they're, big they question. Can, yeah. They can absolutely get both of those people. <laughs> well, well, no, because there's like they're doing stuff. Oh, the char- you mean the characters, the actors, the actors. The actors. Oh, dude, they can get Allison Brie. Allison Brie's agents probably like drop whatever the fucking weird indie Netflix movie is you're doing and get in Marvel because she yeah. is fucking awesome. That's but like, a character that is a character that you build. You have the next ten years of your life just done. You're like, I'm going to be famous for 10 years now because I'm going to be She-Hulk. Done. She's Allison Brie. <laughs> she doesn't need She-Hulk. Yeah, I'm telling you right now, shit, fucking, you never know. People's careers go up, they go down. But, yeah. you know, she doesn't have a network television show anymore. So I guess she never really had a network television show, but a basic cable television show. Yeah. But yeah, uh, the problem with uh, Haley Steinfeld right now is that she signed to that uh, Apple TV deal. She's doing oh. It seems like there's a bunch of weird, like, bullshit where she can't do other stuff. And it's just like, we'll see how that all some goes. Bullshit. But we're going to find some shit out soon because... Uh, Disney Plus is launching in Europe later this month. I think it's March 23rd. I'm so excited for you, all of our UK friends. Um, yeah, you, I can't wait for you guys to watch The Mandalorian week to week. <laughs> I'm so That is They have thing. to do it, though. They have to set the standards so that like people don't get used to it the other way. But anyways, oh, so uh, they're doing a launch event on March 5th in London. Mm-hmm. And there's no details on whether or not that'll be live streamed. It probably won't be. But um, I'm expecting to get a ton of news from that. Probably Ooh. release dates for things like... Falcon and Winter Soldier, and uh, maybe more dialed in stuff for Mandalorian too. Yeah, I'm expecting some casting information, some way or another, for some of the shows we know about. So I wouldn't be surprised if Allison Breeze announces She-Hulk in the oh, that'd, that'd be so cool. Cool. I'd be so happy for her if she did that. In that awesome. original article, she's like, "I'm just really excited that they're like putting out that phrasing." Because she's like, "I've auditioned for so many like Anne Hathaway type roles," and she's like, "I can't believe I've made it." That like but they're using it as a descriptor. It's an Allison Breeze type <laughs> yeah. role. That's amazing. And uh, she would honestly be perfect for that universe. She was in an interview uh, a couple days ago on some some late night show, and she denied it, but she denied it in the like winky winky way. It's happening. KG. So yes, so it's happening. But yeah, it's exciting stuff. But yeah. Horse Girl. Man, this is a weird movie. It's on Netflix. I can't say that I recommend You definitely don't it. recommend it. But at the same time, I absolutely want to watch it again to find like the trail of things okay. that I wasn't aware of on first watch. A ton of people came over to my house to watch this movie. Right. I yeah. did not partake in this because oh, I was like, I'm not watching Horse Girl. Um, but uh, Blessing was there. You were there. Kevin. 
Paula, Gia. Yeah. So you all watched it, and this it, was the second time that Kevin and Paula had watched it. Yeah. Because they had already seen it. We were talking about it at brunch, and then we were like, "It is recommended." Watch this. Overall, I would yeah. say from no. the the group, it's recommended because I want more people to talk about it with. That's really the kicker. Um. So it's about Allison Brie, who is, it's like, it is kind of shot and has coloring, like it's a, uh, like. 80s 90s period piece but it's supposed to be like contemporary um and she works at this like craft store and like has a roommate but like doesn't really have a lot of friends it's like pretty awkward and then like all of these weird things start happening to her where she starts like losing track of time and ending up in places that she didn't go and like her world kind of starts to fall apart and it's like she thinks that she's being like abducted by aliens so you're trying to figure out like is she is she crazy? And like, that's always inherently kind of like a hard genre. I feel like to live in and to do well, because it's like, it kind of reminds me of that movie that, um, shit. Who's the actress Another that Netflix did it? One? No, there's a movie called Unsane. I think it was. Yeah, the one that's all shot on an iPhone. Yeah, Silver. it kind of reminds me of that, where it's like a, a woman doesn't know if she's going crazy or not, seeing yeah. this guy that's like stalking her in this insane, and she goes insane with it. Yeah, it's that kind of like trippy kind of head mm-hmm. trip, right? And like. For the most part, I feel like with those types of movies, there was one that happened earlier this year on Netflix where, like, a guy drops his, like, wife and kids off at the hospital and then goes back and they're like, oh, you never did that. And it's like, is it a conspiracy or is he crazy? Um, I feel like always it ends up, like, the person is crazy and, like, there's not – I've never seen it. Not always. Liam Neeson did a movie like that one time where he's like, I don't know what's going on. And then it turned out he was a sleeper agent that totally was brainwashed. Yeah. But he could fight still. <laughs> yeah. Um, Pull this up real quick, Barrett. That is that so image right there is fucking trip. This is the poster for this fucking yeah, movie. And I feel like this seeing this poster explains the vibe of this movie uh, based on how you guys were watching it. Yep. Like, I, it's so unsettling. That's off-putting. Mm-hmm. That is off-putting. <laughs> she looked this it's way. It's weird. Way. It's weird. If, yeah, it, I, bleh. It's a lot. Uh, it has uh, Molly Shannon. Not Molly. Which, yeah, Molly Shannon. Is that Which is crazy. Yeah, from SNL. Um, and from, then the uh, roommate is somebody too. Superstar. 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 <laughs> no, she was not. You should smell her yeah. pits. That's hilarious. Uh, this is the kind. That's the kind of great humor we had in the eighties and nineties, Tim. Before you were born, yeah. that's all we had, brother. Yeah. Um, but it has one of the single greatest first date scenes and sequences that I feel like I've ever seen in a movie. That goes along with this vibe of like this movie is weird as fuck, but like. This guy comes in and is like, oh, yeah, like, I also like these weird conspiracy things, too, and talks about, like, different things. And then she escalates it to a level where he's just like, I was not prepared for this. But anyways, it's it's weird. And if you're into, like, weird kind of supernaturally, like, psychological thriller things, I would recommend watching it. I might watch it now. You might you might have sold me on it. And here's <laughs> why. Because one of the movies I loved from, I think, two years ago was Under the Silver Lake. Oh, I made Kevin yeah. watch it. Kevin loved it also. Nobody else liked this movie. It's exactly... Is the Andrew Garfield one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Weird as fuck. I loved it, though. I yeah. thought it was like... A, I thought it was shot beautifully and it was just a cool, weird fucking head trip of a movie. So I might be in for that this weekend, Joe. It's Maybe I'll check it out. Let's yeah. see, you think, you think, what do you think I can get D to watch it? No. <laughs> I didn't no. think so either. <laughs> no. Hard pass. I think she'd be in it for like approximately five minutes and then be out. <laughs> That's fair. Hard out. That is fair. So something I watched last night was the Pete Davidson stand-up special. Right. Alive, Alive from New York. From New York. Yeah, he's been having some issues, uh, Pete Davidson. Yeah, yeah, he has. And and man, let me tell you, Nick, this is uh, the weirdest stand-up special I've ever seen. Like, especially like professional stand-up specials. And you've watched a lot a of lot. stand-up spe- yeah. specials. But it being on Netflix, it kind of just fills a weird, like, void of, okay, he's a celebrity, but he's also a comedian, but he's not really either that much yeah you know what i mean so this kind of comes across as if it's a kevin hart comedy special where it's like he's less telling jokes and he's more just i'm kevin hart here's a catchphrase here's some fun stories about my famous friends right which isn't bad it's just a different thing than uh you know more scrappy traditional stand-up special this is 45 minutes okay so do you want to hear the funniest thing now yeah there's a term my friend austin carr uh is trying to coin right now we call it the shorty five so headliners are always supposed to do an hour. That's kind of been the industry standard since the dawn of fucking time. But now, because of the the it's how hard it is to generate material and how quickly they have to put it out, people keep coming in and we notice they start doing, you know, 55 minutes, 50. And now people are doing 45 minutes. We call it the shorty five. I like that. I like <laughs> just that like, a lot. Like Polly Shore. We saw Polly Shore on like, like two Thursdays ago. And I went and I was like, 
And he's like, all right, thanks. That's it for me. And I was like, oh, that was a quick little shorty five he did right there. There we right. go. And then he went and took pictures of everyone. I was like, good for you. Good, good for, for you. you. Live your good life, Good for you, Polly Shore. Shore. Um, I don't know that the same can be said about Pete Davidson. But he, he goes, so the whole special like legitimately is like 47 minutes or something like that. But like that includes credits and a weird post credit scene, <laughs> like that's He's just like crying over a picture of Ariana Grande. <laughs> no, but it's one more story that he gives. But like it ends so abruptly, like it's just like you just go and it's like, all right, bye guys, credits roll, and then it comes back. He's like, hey, the show's over, but I want to tell one more story, and it's just like that could have just well, been the just end. Put it like, in the yeah. thing. It's so fucking weird. It feels extremely just kind of stream of conscious, but like you can tell he actually planned it, which like makes it not that fun. But like. The first hey, when 30, we get artistic with their comedy The first specials. 30 just minutes. Fucking go on stage and tell the story. The first 30 minutes, you're just like, all right, this is like super not that funny or whatever. And like, you, you need to be a better performer than this. But the last 15 minutes are what I wanted the whole thing to be, which is kind of just him telling stories about Ariana Grande. Yeah. And it's hilarious. Like, he does a very good job. I would recommend watching the, the last, last 15, 15 minutes. minutes of this. Because uh, once he gets on it, it's like. Because really, that's, any, that's the only reason why people are going to want to watch him do anything, right? I mean, honestly, he's had some drug and alcohol problems, which I'm sure is fascinating. Fodder he tells lots of stories about I'm that. I'm sure stuff. he can tell us that. Does he tell Obviously, his experience. Stories? No. Okay. But he does he he references previous previous relationships, but doesn't like say names. But then he has a whole Ariana bit that's like mm. clearly Ariana. It's like talking about the song and like. But it's cool because it, it's this to me is an example of what a celebrity special can be, which is I'm going to tell you stories that you're actually interested in because you know the characters, you know yes. the world that yes. we're we're living in here. But there's a real sadness to it because this is his kind of dealing with like, hey. I'm a real person that got broken up with yeah. and everyone's talking about me and my big dick and like it's just like this is hard yeah, saw, and it's it's I really saw, fascinating it's, man. It's interesting because yeah you, you do forget like because we all get so caught up in the gossip of it right where we think legitimately like hey if I was dating someone as as famous as Ariana Grande and she broke up with me but she paid me the compliment of letting everyone know that I had a huge dick you'd think you'd feel good about that. But it is sort of like a massive betrayal of trust. And maybe if you loved her, it would make you feel like a giant piece of shit. You should watch it, Nick. It, it, he goes into that stuff and like there's some real clever jokes based around I, it. I read an interview with him. Uh, I don't know. I think probably it popped up because he's got a new special popping up. Yeah. But they were talking about his side of it where he was just like – He's like, I couldn't say any of the stuff that she said about oh, me yeah. in this day and age. It would just be, I would get roasted alive. But he's like, but all of it hurt. Like, it was not fun for me to go through this. It was especially not fun when my dad listened to the song she wrote about me. It was like, hey, I got to be honest, that's a slap. Yeah, well, it's not, <laughs> not his dad, but yeah, other people. It was like, yeah, I mean, like, his dad he, died I mean, in 9-11. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. Then maybe, it was, goes into that. maybe it was his brother or something like that. But he was yeah. like, my family members were like, dude, I know it sucks that you got broken up with, but it made a great song. <laughs> yeah. He was like, fuck you, people. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah, it's. I would say it's uh, worth listening just to that bit because like, I, I just have seen... SNL. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, he's like he kind of trying to get out of it, right? It sounds he's like, like he's This special Ill. sounds like he's begging to leave. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like SNL is one of those is so interesting where you're like everyone that talks about it like talks it's so great while they're there but then afterward like after once they're sure they don't have to ever go back to it they're like it fucking sucked. I mean you it can tell terrible. like every, like he's hardly in any skits every week and like the ones that he's on you can tell like he does not like want to be here anymore. So I mean, he, his, he definitely yeah. talks about that. Yeah. That's kind of his mo, it. though. He kind of feels that way in everything he's in. Yeah. Well, like, I watched him in What Men Want, and I was like, he doesn't seem like he wants to be in this movie. I didn't know he sounded that way. Like he looks like this like tiny little dude, and he talks like a big old truck driver. Does he? He's like, why does he have this gruff voice all the time? Oh, that's not the voice it's that really I associate with. Weird. Him. He smokes a lot. Forty-five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Of this, he's, he probably has. He probably smokes a shit ton of cigarettes. Yeah. Nick, let me let me sell you. On, on this special. Give me with, it. With one line. Yeah, give me it. I don't have a big dick. She just has really tiny hands. Hands. <laughs> yes. That's amazing. That is amazing. Oh, my gosh. God bless it. Oh, so I'm always man. bitter that I married someone taller than me. <sighs> what a visual. Uh, Nick, what have you been watching? Uh, the other thing I've been watching that I highly recommend is Narcos Mexico, season Ooh. two. Um, it is... If you're not familiar with the Narcos series, there's Narcos and then there's Narcos Mexico. They are they are tied together because of just the the nature of some of the characters having some crossover. But one is based in Colombia and it follows Pablo Escobar. Phenomenal. That's one with Pedro Pascal, Boyd uh, Holbrook. That's great. That ended, and then the story picked up sort of halfway through that story in Mexico because the Colombians who made the cocaine wanted to start distributing it to the West Coast and the only way to do that was via Mexico which basically took all these lower level gangsters in Mexico who were running these things called plazas which is like basically districts took them and they got all united under Miguel uh, Gallardo I think is his name who, who was played by uh, uh, Diego Luna 
he's basically mm. now the kingpin and now he's fighting yeah. with he's basically negotiating with the Colombians yeah. to basically be more powerful than them because if they're distributing through him like he basically has a lot of the power so it's this crazy weird like power struggle between him the Colombians and also the United States DEA because he has basically no spoilers but he's gotten into some shit with them and now it's basically like the United States wants to kill him, but he's got to figure out with the CIA how to like get them to like clear him so he can work with the Colombians and like run guns through the Contras and all sorts of crazy shit. But the show Damn. is fucking beautiful. And it, Joe, let me sell you on this. You just you get to stare at Diego Luna for like eight hours. I mean, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Done. It's good, but I'm always blown away by just how good it is. Like at one point, there's another plaza where they're talking about when they develop these smaller characters, and, the, and this one character pops up, and you don't really even know who they are. They don't make a huge deal out of it. In the first season, they tell you exactly who everyone is. Like, this is Pablo motherfucking Escobar. But in this one, they don't They don't have a narrator necessarily. I think Scoot McNabb uh, narrates it a little bit, but he's also amazing in this. But uh, at one point, they uh, they get to one of the other plazas, and they're going to a party. One of the guys goes, hey, Chapo, get out here. And it's El Chapo. Damn. Like the yeah. Chapo, like the guy that keeps fucking like <laughs> escaping from prisons and is like the biggest drug dealer in Mexico currently, you know? I think they got him eventually. But um it's cool and it's beautifully shot and it's just it's just proof positive that Netflix originals are still bad as fuck. They're just so good. <laughs> I want to make a deal with you, Nick. Yeah. Uh, I'll watch Nirvana the band the show. Fine. <laughs> I'll a, fucking watch it's it. It's a deal we've never made before. What if I watch Narcos? <laughs> yeah? Yeah? Um, what I'll, do I have to watch? The <clears throat> Office? No, Nirvana the band the show. Okay. It's just, I was just a dumb joke. Um, I uh, watched the first episode of Hunters oh, on Amazon Prime. yeah. This looks good. Prime video. Everything. It's an hour and a half. The first episode is an hour and a half. I don't know if the rest are that long. Um, it is lengthy. The is it Hunters or the Hold Hunt? Hold on. So what's, a, what's the difference between Hunters and The Hunt? The Hunt, hunt is a movie. Oh, I thought you were talking about The Hunt. <clears throat> what is Hunters? Hunters, Hunters is, an is Amazon the Prime one where they're video. hunting Jewish people. Or no, Nazis. It, it's a 70s show where they are hunting Nazis. And Al Pacino Hoo-wah. is an old Jewish I'm man Jewish. who's running this sort of ragtag crew. Hmm. Uh, th- that's what the, the trailers have sort of shown it as or whatever. Um, so it's Logan it's Lerman. No. Yeah, it's basically Wolfenstein, the TV show. And it is shot incredibly well. It is edited super well. It reminds me a lot of uh, Edgar Wright's sort of editing style. The um, when when the characters are introduced, they do very kind of video gamey stuff in a really creative way. Yeah, like you know, they'll they'll cut out the character, and in the background, it'll be like some cool background with their name and kind of cool title treatment. It's so creative. It's so well done, uh, editing and and design wise, kind of. You could tell when they started working on this, they had this really grand vision for what the show was going to look like. Um, and aesthetically, it's gorgeous. It's shot super well. And uh, yeah, I finished the first episode last night. And immediately, I'm like, okay, I'm fucking in. Like, this is really well done. Uh, it's brutal as hell. It's super violent. Um, but it's basically a lot of Nazis from World War II are still living, and they're still out there trying to do really fucked up stuff. And we have to go... This kind of group has to go hunt them down, and it's rad. It's a little, it's a little gang of uh, of all these people from different backgrounds that are all hunting Nazis for different reasons. It's super badass. Fuck yeah, that sounds really yeah, good. Highly um, recommended so far. Another show that I that's on my radar that I haven't started watching yet. I don't even know if it's out, but I saw the preview for Briar Patch, which is the Rosario Dawson show. Have you seen this preview yet? Mm-mm. I think it's an AMC show or a TNT show. I have no fucking idea. I just saw the preview for it. I was like, this looks dope as shit. <laughs> and I, have, I don't know anything about it. I just saw the, I just saw that one preview. And then you can just buy what's, this. What's the TLDR? Briar Patch, an American antho- anthology series starring Rosario Dawson based on Ross Thomas's novel of the same name. The series was picked. Oh, that's, that is not me at all. Uh, based on Ross Thomas. You know, Briar Patch follows uh, Allegra Dill. Dogged investigator who returns to her border town home uh, in San Bonifacio, Texas. Andy, do you know where that is? Negative. Cool. Uh, what begins San search- Bonifacio or no? Bonif- oh, no Bonifacio. 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 Sure. I, I no, I don't know. What begins as a search for her sister's killer turns into an all-consuming fight to bring the corrupt town to its knees, and it's like, but it's got like a really weird, like almost Robert Rodriguez style to it. Hmm. Hmm. So it looks kind of cool. Plus, it's Rosario Dawson's, and she can't do anything wrong. Nothing wrong at all. That's true. Barrett. <clears throat> you watched the My Hero movie. Yeah, My Hero Academia, Heroes Rising. The second My Hero Academia movie. Uh, yeah, we saw it on Wednesday. Me, Bless, Alyssa, Belinda, and Yusuf. Quite a crew. Bunch of good old weebs going to Kabuki. And I'll tell you, Tim, it was weird seeing that movie theater 
almost entirely empty. Like just the entire like building itself, except for everybody seeing My Hero Academia. Hell yeah! Like everybody Fucking who was nice. there was there to see that movie. And from what I read yesterday, uh, for the Wednesday night box office, uh, My Hero beat out. Uh, Sonic and then some other movie on Wednesday night uh, across America. So that was fucking rad. Dubbed or subbed? Uh, we saw it dubbed. Excuse me? Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, dubbed or subbed? Du- uh, I was asking if the movie dubbed, dubbed or, or subbed. Dubbed or subbed. I thought he said Dunderstruck. I was like, <laughs> is that some sort of weird office <laughs> fucking <laughs> reference again? Some office ACDC <laughs> matches? Dunderstruck. Um, <laughs> Dunderstruck. Yeah, I, I think Kabuki was only doing dubbed, but I think like other places like Metreon were showing like uh, dubbed uh, or subtitled. And I don't know like that I'd want to watch subtitled at, at uh, Draft House. Or did you say Kabuki? Yeah, Kabuki. Oh, okay, that'd be fine. And we were in like the smaller theater, so we were definitely like closer to the screen and shit. Yeah. And it was also fun to see like the different amount of like people coming to see it. There was a lot of people in that theater that I would not never suspect that watch anime and shit like that. So it was fun to see like a crowd. Uh, my come hero together. kind of uh, it, it, it's not just anime fans. Baby. Yeah, dude, it, it exceeds it's it superhero unites fans. Us all. It unites yeah, the human race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I really liked it. It's really fun. Um, I th- I'd say like the the only two downsides I have of it, uh, and this is how I feel kind of like about all anime movies that are based off of, like from shows and stuff they do like one really cool thing that they kind of have to write themselves out of because it's not going to make sense for the show yeah. they do that in all movies so it's just like there's a moment that happens so i was like all right this is really cool how long is it going to last and then they kind of write it out it's like yeah okay whatever this is the art style like markedly better than the show not that um, the show's bad yeah but like, like the like you haven't watched the first movie no. like, um the production to it is like it's a lot it's yeah. like it's it's, it's like when they made the Rugrats movie, you're like, well, this is Whoa, shit, dude. Everybody has shadows. Dill's looking crazy. Yeah. And then they it, left it, but it does remind me of like uh, seeing Pokemon in theaters yeah. and shit, right? Where you knew like the quality of the shows, but then seeing it in theater, you're the like, Digimon Holy movie. shit. Yeah, the dude, the oh, Digimon movie. Um, yeah, I really like it. And then like there was something weird with like the, um, the Digimon movie. I know I'm in the minority there, but what? I did not like it. He wow. hates the Digimon style uh, movie. Wow. Digimon yeah, movie is fucking changed. rad. Um, and then, like, there's, like, some weird, like, audio stuff at the very beginning where it's hard to understand a lot of people. Um, but, yeah, it, it's really it's really dope. Uh, it's It showcases the entire 1A class really well, which I really like. The first movie, it's, like, really only, like, seven or eight of the kids who are on this adventure. But this one, like, everybody gets a moment. It's really... Uh, it's really touching at moments. It's hype as fuck at some moments. Uh, it, it's really fun. So if you're a fan of My Hero Academia... Absolutely go watch this. It's not integral to the show at all, much like the first uh, movie. But it's a, it's a fun little side story and an excuse to watch more My Hero. And yeah, like my, my issue was, do I need to be caught up on season four in order to watch it? Because I haven't watched season four yet because I'm waiting for the dub to hit Hulu. Mm. Because I don't have animation. I don't, I don't pay for that. Uh, and you said it is... I mean, it's just like there's a couple of characters at the very, like beginning like the first five minutes that like if you haven't watched the most recent arc you're just not gonna really know who they are but they're not like important to the story it's just like a kind of action sequence that happens at the very beginning you're gonna be like oh who's that random man in in, Mm. and stuff like that so that's i'm random man yeah exactly (laughs) um so yeah watch that really enjoyed it um and then (laughs) really quick clone wars season seven started last week tim Holy fuck, let's go. First, see, I didn't watch the second episode that came it out today. It just came out at midnight. Um, but the first episode last week started off in an interesting foot, not one that I would expect, because the trailer was definitely hinting a lot at Ahsoka, Darth Maul, and all that shit. And uh, the first episode starts with uh, the Bad Batch uh, uh, clone, uh, the... 99th division or something like that and it's uh, kind of a they're going on a secret mission and it's really there fucking you go, man. I'm going to do another full review of the season when it's done as well. It'll yes. be you and, and whoever the hell else watches it. So yeah. Yeah, we'll get together a <laughs> ragtag it's, our, yeah, our little it's, it's only like 12 episodes so I well, feel like um, there's going to be <laughs> and so like I, the reason why I was interested of like how they started this season is because there's only 12 episodes so I'm like oh shit they're going to need to do a lot because I know where they're going to go, and so there's going to be a lot that they have to ramp up quickly, and so I feel like we're being introduced to characters that are going to be important uh, later on and shit, but I might be wrong. I don't know. I'm excited. You talking about the anime movies always like introducing some shit they have to retcon immediately? Yeah. Pokemon the first movie did that, where it's like, oh, they do the whole movie, and then like fucking Mewtwo makes them all forget everything forever, yeah. or oh, Mew. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, come on. But, there's something I don't know if you guys saw, yesterday was, Nick, 
National Pokemon Day. Exactly. Fucking nailed it. I'm proud of you. Um, and to celebrate that, Netflix released the Pokemon First Movie remake. Oh, oh did you watch it? I, I watched the first 10 minutes. Oh, no. Oh, hey, it is what it is. Okay. It's the first movie, like, shot for shot. Okay. Right. But just... CG with an interesting art style. Yeah. I don't hate it. I also don't love it. It's a perfect example of why does this exist? Yeah, I don't know. Like, but I'm excited the, to watch it. You can watch the original. <laughs> like, it's so weird that they remade a 2D animated movie in 3D CG, but it's like the exact same thing. That's but weird. they did change the voices. They did change the soundtrack. And no M2M. I. Oh, I didn't get that far. I don't know that maybe. Don't say you love me. You don't even know me. Yeah. Um. But in the very beginning. When they play the Pokemon theme song, when Ash is like fighting that dude, uh, the the pirate guy in the mm-hmm. grassy knolls, and they they play the Pokemon theme song. In the first movie, it was kind of like a like '80s rock version mm-hmm. of the theme, which was dope as hell. This one, they went straight up like cheesy '90s porno, <laughs> and I don't understand the direction like where that. it's just like there's like it sounds like Nick busted out his Casio <laughs> keyboard and started his fucking jam. It's like I wanna be. The very best. And it's like, no, no one wants this at I all. Know. I want it. And there's no sound effects as the Pokemon are fight. It's it's weird. It's weird. But um it exists and it's free on Netflix. You can watch it now. So there you go. Netflix yeah. presents Pokemon, the first movie. Um Joey, what else have you been watching? I've been watching Love is Blind yes, on Netflix. What is Netflix this show? Original Love series. Is it <clears throat> is blind. Let me tell you about it, Nick. They yes, get all these young, really attractive guys and girls, yeah. and they're living in separate houses. Then in the middle of these house things, there's these pods, and one guy goes into his pod, and a girl goes into her pod, and they talk, but they can't see each other. And they, I mean, I guess you could. There's cool. cameras everywhere, yeah. so if you're like into that. Uh, <clears throat> then <laughs> you have like, over the course on. of like nine days, everyone. Uh, they like pretty much talk and like go on these like pod dates with all these people and then some of them get engaged and then it follows the like 30 days after they get engaged to their wedding. Spoilers, it never ends well. We got the series finale this week. Ooh, man. Some brilliant explosions that happen of these relationships. Oh, Christ. It's Brand, not Brandon, I don't know why you guys love these shows. Brandon H. writes in uh, and says, Tim and Joey, I would highly recommend Love is Blind on Netflix if you haven't started watching it yet. It is like The Bachelor, but much more authentic and real and such an intriguing social experiment. I'm going to stop you right there. This show sucks. I'm sorry, guys. Everyone can like their own trash. It's totally fair. This show is so poorly produced. This show has none of the charm and stuff that Bachelor has. And after one episode, I'm out. I'm fucking out. Good Couldn't you. do it. Good Couldn't you. do it. Good and I'm you. happy people enjoy it. I'm happy people enjoy Are it. You? But Joy, you yeah. need to agree with me that compared to other shows, this one. This is a this is a different beast. I don't think you can really The Bachelor is like one storyline, so you can have it be more produced. Totally. No, I can't even There's some people in the chat saying the Bachelor is trash also. If you paid close that attention is to what I, Tim uh, said, everyone can like their own trash. Mm-hmm. He is not defending the Bachelor for being the best thing ever made. It's a guilty but I will, pleasure. Well, but I will argue it is an extremely well-produced show, and you you literally cannot argue that. I if mean, you do, you're wrong, and bas- you don't understand production. Well, The Bachelor's <laughs> been on a reality television show. It's been like one of the top reality television shows for a really like long time. It's like that in Survivor. 32 seasons. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like one that. of the top TV shows, yeah. not just reality. It's like... it. it what I need to argue the merits of the Bachelor. If it, I can't win you over if you haven't already been won. But there's just there's facts involved, and the fact is the show is extremely well produced. Some of these Netflix shows they're they're trying to figure it out, and I'll yeah. give them the credit for it. But you know I, we've been talking about the Circle a lot. Circle. The Circle very is enjoyable. significantly better than Love Is Blind. Exactly. By like a lot, and I think it's because I think it's easier to do it when you have like a confined group. This you're trying to follow the stories of like I think it boils down to like six couples, seven couples that get engaged, and I just don't think you can do that while also following the bigger group stories for like the first few episodes with, while they get engaged and stuff like that. It was just to me. It's it was a clear lot that to fit into ten episodes. Didn't know what it wanted to be from the beginning because they the whole premise of the show is love is blind. 
you're going to go in and you're going to learn to know these people. And it's not about their age. It's not about their race. It's not about all this stuff. also all hot. It's about who you are. But then it's Good. super clear. They're all fucking hot because you walk into the room and you see you're a girl. You see all the other girls. They're all smoking hot. Yeah. You're a dude. You walk into the room with the dude. You're like, they're hot. Do the fucking math. Everyone's hot. So it's not actually about like, oh, you're not what I thought you were. And also, they all talk about race. They all talk about how yes, old they, they are. exactly who they are. So it's just like. What's the point of this then? <laughs> just to watch hot people yeah, have and sex. I get all that. I get all That's that. the whole point of any reality show. Yeah, but the whole point of any reality that. show is to watch good-looking people do together. things you can't do. Any moving forward. Anyways, it's been super interesting just because it's the last episode. So this arguably the last episode is the most fun because it's the most high impact drama. Um, because it's the weddings and you get to the thing and sometimes one person says yes, sometimes one person says no. It's real bad. The weddings are just the, the idea it's of the so wedding good. is just the stupidest thing possible for so a reality good. show. It's so good. That's where it just completely breaks with reality for me. But hey, good for you. Well, I mean, that's good like every you. show ever. That's why like I don't this. watch reality shows that much. Um, but Especially it's really fun. Next show. week we get a where are they now? Because they filmed this in 2018, a year and a half ago. Those are always the fun ones. Do you watch a lot of Bravo Bravo stuff? Um, I watch like two of the Real Housewives, and that's it. Do you watch the the recaps where they all come in and they dress up? And I mean, they I haven't each other watched like them. Fucking animals. <clears throat> I haven't watched them consistently in six years. It, probably they're hilarious. They're hilarious. But. They're all in ball gowns. They're all like done up, and they bring them back, and then they he he goes back and he rehashes all the times they yell at each other, and they all start civil, and then it just ends in a fucking fist fight. Dude, it's reunion great. specials, man. It's the best. Yeah, the it's best. Not a reunion special until Teresa flips the table. You know that's fucking so true. Um, but. It's like the perfect amount of like trashy TV that I want to watch. Yeah. And I love it. I'm happy you have it. Thank you. I'm happy we're only going to get more of it. Because these shows are doing well on Netflix. They're like, oh, we got to mm-hmm. double down on the. We're about to enter the reality phase of Netflix programming. <sighs> I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Where there's going to be some highs and there's going to be some lows. Tim, I'm sorry. I... We already entered that phase. It's called the Great British Bake Off. And it's, it's different. Great. It's that great. Was, wasn't that BBC? Yeah, but it, Netflix showed it. Oh, so it's reality. Okay. Yeah, um, but these are the <clears throat> Netflix originals. <sighs> yeah, uh, I don't know, Matt. In the chat says, y'all need to watch Survivor. This is the only season I've ever thought about watching Survivor because they brought back all the old winners from when I actually watched Survivor, like yeah. Boston Rob and I Amber. I ever watched Survivor. I couldn't Survivor was really good for like a first, significant like, period of seasons. time. You know why I didn't watch Survivor, I think, is because I got into Lost and I was like, it's kind of the same show. So just a bunch of people like, on an island trying to survive. I also think sure. Survivor was like one had Evangeline Lilly, the other one did it. So I was like, "Fuck you." Survivor fuck was like airports. way before Lost. Was it? Yeah. Nah, I don't know. I never watched it. <laughs> I never watched it. Oh man, that's uh, funny. one of the other shows that I started watching, but I have sadly fallen out of love with is Picard. Oh, it is. I'm sad for you. It is. It started off so good, and then it just is super convoluted. And slow, and it's it's taken like four episodes to get him onto a fucking starship, and then we're going back and forth with what's the, the this Romulan thing. It's just it's. Are you gonna finish it? I I will probably finish it because I owe it to myself, and and I think Patrick but Stewart is fabulous me. in it. But I just for whatever reason, and I don't want to shout, I don't want to like point fingers, but like the writers of it are have just decided to make this really really weird like murky story with stuff that's like. I'm like, I don't think it's that hard. Why would you break with the Star Trek format? Get him in a fucking ship, have a main story arc, and then have some bottle episodes where that tie into the main story arc, and then get out. Like, why are we trying to do this crazy shit with it? And some of the stuff is great. There's a couple fight scenes that are great. Some of the characters are great. Some of the other casting choices, I'm like, this is not good. This is weird. And it's 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 it breaks my heart, sadly. Because I think Discovery Season 1 and 2 were so fucking strong for what they were. They weren't traditional Star Trek shows and that they were a lot more actiony, but they had that sort of like, we've got the main story happening and then this one-off episode that you think is going to be just a bottle episode actually ties into it in a very clever way and then the end of it is this cool, fulfilling thing. And while the stories were complex, they never lost me. They never, I never lost interest in them. Whereas in Picard, I'm like, I just don't care what's happening in the story anymore. Like there's, they just do a cut. They make a couple choices where you're like, what? why Why do I care about this person? Oh, they just died? Oh, I have to care about their... I don't know. It's weird. But, do you think uh, there's a chance it comes together in the end? Probably. I mean, it's always possible. I'll, I'll hang in there. What I'm waiting for them to do is I'm waiting for them to um, – I'm waiting for them to spool up because right now it's weekly. 
um, but I'm waiting to get two or three of them so I can just sit and watch them. Because after every week, I go, wait, what the fuck's going on with oh, what? Who is the, this person's a Romulan, but they they're not. They're like asleep or something. There's a there's a Romulan Secret Service, but then there's an even crazier Romulan Secret Service. That's I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on here? We're just making shit up as we go, which I guess is true because it's fiction. But <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's sci-fi. Um, so I, I I've call, I kind of fallen out of that, and then I tried watching Lock and Key. Oh yeah, yeah. Not for you. Not doing it for you. Nah. Uh, it's about it. Why? Because uh, it's uh, it mainly sto- focuses around the kid, and I hate kids. Yeah. Anything yeah. that's not Stranger <laughs> Things, then go fuck off. If it's not Stranger Things with kids, go f yourself. Charles Jacobson writes in and says, "I decided to watch Lock and Key season one. I overall enjoyed the show, especially the creative keys, and visually, I'm actually impressed. However, as the season ended, I found myself enjoying it less, mainly due to some odd character choices, and I honestly hated the villain. The final reveal could have been seen a mile away. Without spoiling anything, I'm not interested in the cliffhanger. Wait, wait, uh, which which show is this? Lock, Lock and Key. Lock and Key. Okay." I would have preferred the villain remain in the dark for season one, have it focus on just the three kids learning about their legacy. Um, I then decided to finally watch Watchmen. Perfect, just perfect. The writing surpasses my previous favorite season of a show, which is Jessica Jones season one. Oh, that was a good show. Uh, that, I, I'll stand by Jessica Jones season one was the best of all of uh, the Netflix Marvel shows, in my opinion. Looking Glass is such a strong mirror of uh, Rorschach. I think it was Nick who said it best. Uh, he was broken by the truth. Glass was freed after the initial shock. I don't know what this means. Uh, dude, you'll watch uh, it. You'll we need more single it. season shows, in my opinion. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. Dude, and, and I'm so Charlie excited J. that they're doing that. I'm so excited that HBO picked up on it and said, you know, we'll just do... Because, I mean, there must be a law of diminishing returns as you go into the seasons, right? So you have to pay That's the actors Netflix more. And cancels you, after, like, three or four it's seasons. Great. It's smart. Let's just do one-off seasons, do 10 hours of awesome storytelling, get out. I can't wait for you to watch Watchmen. Yeah. It's such a unique... And weird and fucked up show. It's so cool. And Regina King is awesome in it. And the She's dude that plays Watch Mirror Guy, that's what they call him, uh, Looking Glass is fucking awesome. They're all awesome. I would watch the movie first and then go into it. Yeah. Just go for it. Uh, uh, actually, read, read the comic first. Don't watch the movie first. Really quick. Uh, I forgot to bring up Better Call Saul is back. Better Call Saul is fucking awesome. Y'all need to watch Better Call Saul. It's dope. We're also doing a Better Call Saul season review when it's done. Oh, shit. Yeah. Cool. You and Andy and whoever else. I imagine cool, Greg. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, for Bronze Topics last week, Kevin asked you guys uh, what you've been watching. I've been reading a couple of them, but to finish it out here, Weissmark says, just wanted to say I watched Big Fat Liar on Netflix last night. And, <laughs> and that movie holds up. Frankie Muniz in review? Question mark. Probably not. Probably not. But uh, Patreon producer on uh, Gamescast is Agent Cody Banks himself, so... I think uh, it's Frankie Muniz, man. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah anyway, big fat liar. Blessing and I were talking about on our uh, drunk PS I Love You we recorded yesterday. Instead of see- watching Parasite at your house, maybe we just call an audible and watch uh, uh, Big Fat Liar at your yeah, house. Man, you could, double feature. <laughs> Why the fuck not? I don't think you could pay me to watch a fucking Frankie Muniz movie. <laughs> <laughs> Miracle but, Okay, here, here we go. Frankie Muniz, Paul Giamatti. No, I'm looking at the poster right now, Dude, uh, and really I good. think that I'd rather do anything else it's but watch this movie. <laughs> Stephanie Diaz says, Tat Bilb 2. To all the boys I've loved before, too, to obviously, Tim. Tim, fucking A. <laughs> do you even fucking you even on internet, the internet? Tim? Exactly. Tat Bilb. Essentially Twilight without the vampires. <laughs> Is it? It's not nearly as moody, and it has a much brighter color No, it's palette. way better than Twilight. How dare you all? How dare you all? I mean, to all the boys I love for it, granted, it's, it's a little cookie cutter, but it's a very well put together like rom com, yeah. in my opinion. Um, any other? Well, the, the bronze for next week, I want to ask you guys, is uh, with this upcoming March 5th London Disney Plus thing, what announcements are you hoping to see from that? We're not gonna, we can't get too crazy here, but we did get the Proud Family announcement, a Proud Family Exciting. sequel series coming with the original yeah. cast years later. Mm-hmm. I think it could work. I'm down. I'm not going to watch it. I'm down. But I think it I'll watch work. the first episode or two just to see what's going on. A little nostalgia on. kick yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but anything else you guys been watching? Uh, yeah. I've been watching. Are you watching McMillions? Uh, you know, I, I watched the first episode of it. And yeah. I think I recommended it to you. I was like, this is really good. Yeah. But then I'm like, there's a weird thing that's happening right now where narrative shows are, are, are decreasing in size mm-hmm. and documentaries are increasing in size. And I just don't need to watch this much of a documentary. Like every, this is the same thing I had with the Aaron Hernandez story. I was like, that's, that's a great documentary. Episodes. Could have been one. I didn't need to, just, I didn't, it was a lot. 
And with McMillions, I was like, wait, this is a series? Oh, I don't want to want. I don't need to see. I think it's super interesting. Is it good? I like it. Yeah. It, it, the, the, the FBI agent in the very first episode this is, is the, best. the most ridiculous the best part of being the on the planet. Uh, maybe I'll go back to it. Yeah. It, it, it. The first episode was cool, but then I got to the end of it. I was like, I just don't want to. I just kind of just Google this. What happened? I mean, that's true of like literally any. Well, no. I mean, like there's like if you watched the OJ Simpson documentary, it was so well done. The documentary or the? Both. So okay. People versus O.J. Simpson was amazing, but the actual documentary that came out beforehand that was mm-hmm. ESPN, like 30 for 30 on O.J. Simpson, mm-hmm. it was like four hours long or something. It was phenomenal. And I watched both, and I was fascinated by it. But like this McMillian thing, I'm like, I just don't know if this story is that intricate that it needs like 10 hours of a documentary. I think it's interesting. Is it good? All right, I'll try it. I'll, I'll watch yeah. it. Again. I'll pick it up. And it, I feel like it's the, I don't know, the McDonald's like monopoly thing was such like a weird like it was a cultural thing that, like, phenomenon just kept, And you're like, it, it's happening. Is anyone winning this fucking yeah. thing? Yeah, and so to see like kind of all the like tendrils behind yeah. it of how it all kind of played out, I thought was super interesting. Uh, Joe, <clears throat> and then I'm watching Fosse Verdon. Oh, how do you like that? It's so good. My wife loved it. It's so good. So it's Sam on Rockwell Who now. Is, plays Bob Fosse, right? Yeah, and then Michelle Williams plays Gwen Verdon. Right. Um, and then, so he's a director and a choreographer. She's like a dancer and like and the t- star right yeah and so they talk about like their professional career and then their personal like relationship and then and she sort of starts to like get big as he sort of starts to like lose fame right or something like that he gets opposite? big and then they get the rights to chicago but he wants to do all these other things right blah blah, blah. Fosse, and, like, of there's course, a lot being, of like jumping back and forth fossey my touchstone for bob fossey or, or that fossey style was mm-hmm. when i saw chicago the first time yeah it's that sort of like chicago and then what's the one he did with um liza Cabaret. Yeah, that's his other yeah. big one. Maybe it was Cabaret that was first one. I remember they did that in high school, and it was like yeah. everyone's like, "Oh, you got to be more Fosse." And I'm like, "I don't know what that fucking verb is. What is that? What are you saying? What well, is Fosse?" They're like, "Oh, it's got to be more Fosse. Fosse, Bentwood, uh, Bowler Hats, Fosse. Yeah. You know, jazz hands." Well, I didn't know. Like, I knew that he existed, but I didn't realize that, like that the whole style was attributed to him until I watched The Birdcage when it's Robin fo- Williams fo- does fo- the, fo- <laughs> <laughs> that one part, and I was like, "Oh, now this all makes sense." It's so good. Uh, oh, Birdcage! Shout out to The Birdcage, oh, man! The birdcage great is movie. So good. Great movie. Shout out to um, that. But yeah, like I would watch Sam Rockwell and Michelle Williams do anything, and Sam they're Rockwell's. so good. And it's one of those like eight episodes done, the end, which I'm Hell all about. Yeah. Uh, the last thing that I'm watching and I don't even give a shit. Don't judge me. Maybe I do care. Uh, Sex in the City. Okay. Whoa. Started watching those again. I've never watched them all the way through. I've only Whoa. ever seen, I think I've seen every episode. Yeah. But never in succession. So it's always fascinating to go back and start from episode one and go. And I'm in season four already. Hell this yeah. is they're so like tw- they're like 30 interesting. Minutes. Oh, they're because me, Gia, Rochelle, and Paula were talking about like, oh, what's the next TV show we want to watch? Sex and the City. And Sex and the City. We tried Girls. That didn't click with everybody. And Sex and the City, I think, is the next one we want to oh, try. Oh, so you're going to have a blast, Sex and the City. Because I've never watched, I've only ever seen like the first movie and I never. Oh, you never seen the show? Mm-mm. Oh my god, the show's great. The show, like, so it's older, right? Yeah. So it's it's you know it's an early. I think I want to say it's like early two thousands, late nineties show. Yeah. Um, so it's you know there is some stuff in it where you you go back and watch. You're like, oh, it'd be it'd be better if there was like if yeah. it had a slightly more worldly and like cultural view of like events, but. Mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of universal themes that I'm actually surprised that I'm like, I'm like learning things about women. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, watch this. I was like, I think I was that guy for a couple of these, for a couple of people. So it's actually really fascinating that it's also very, very clever and, the, yeah. and it's funny as shit. And it like, what I like about it is that like, it doesn't portray sexuality in any sort of like weird taboo spirit. It's very much about the exploration of it, what it means to be in a relationship, what it means to be single, how hard it is to commit on both sides. And I think the writing is just, it's just funny. It's like laugh out loud, clever. Yeah. Um, and then it's also, you know, a little bit of fantasy fulfillment. I never got to live in New York and like party there. Yeah. And so you see people like going out until four o'clock in the morning and the going cosmos, to trendy places, you know? the cosmos and all these things. Like, That's pretty cool. It's, it's really, really fun. Plus the cast is, I mean, the, the four main characters, the four main actors are fucking great. In it. Yeah. You know, Sarah Jessica Parker, Cynthia Nixon, fucking, uh, uh, uh I Kim Cattrall. Kim Cattrall. Phenomenal. She's the best yeah. character in the whole thing. I never, I never forget. The, I didn't remember the other person's name. Oh, Kristen Davis. Yeah. That's it. Um, so yeah, I recommend it. Definitely, yeah. recommend it. it's on Amazon yeah. Prime. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna move on to the Invisible Man review. But before we do that, let me tell you about our sponsors. This you week look today, we are brought to you by Indochino. Um, I could be looking better right now, Nick, because yeah. I could be wearing some Indochino. Greg was wearing his Indochino suit. He, yes, on the PS I Love You episode they did, he was wearing the suit and he was looking good. He was looking damn good. You can get the monogram, the custom monogram, make it say whatever you want on the inside. You can get the the lining to be like a whole bunch of different fun options. Outside, 
variety of colors you get to choose, but they don't just do suits. They also have the different shirts you can get. They're really nice. They fit really well. Uh, you can get the chinos. So it's like, you know, you're trying to like, you need to look nice, but it's not like I'm going to a wedding, got to right. wear a suit type you nice. Suit it's, just it all like, up. it's just a normal Thursday, normal Friday. You know what I mean? Uh, you get to choose from hundreds of high quality suit fabrics. You get to pick the color, the pattern, uh, and the weight that you like best. Because that's another thing most people don't think about is the weight of the, the suit itself. You know what I mean? The, the uh, quality of the the texture and material fabric? and the fabric. There That's what I was looking for. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. Uh, they have showrooms across North America where one of their style guides can take your measurements and walk you through the process. And if you do that once, then your uh, measurements are just saved. And then anytime you order, it'll just like apply those measurements to whatever it is you're getting. So if you've done been measured for a suit, it'll measure you for a shirt that you're getting or pants that you're getting. It's fantastic stuff. I just did it recently. Uh, right now, you can get an extra $30 off any purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com when entering morning at checkout plus shipping is free. I know you guys got a wedding coming up. You don't have a suit. This is the best way. Get on that. Shipping is free. Indochino.com promo code morning for $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more for high quality custom suits for an off the rack price. Next up, it's not going to be a surprise to anyone here. I am currently wearing me undies. They're my favorite undies. Me too. Really? What, what's your pattern right now? I have uh, the little otters. Got them sweet, sweet otters. And then I got the the, the uh, ramen ones that say send nudes in the mail this week. Mm-hmm. Very excited. I have these sweet little geometric shapes. There's a bunch of little triangles, multicolored mm-hmm. pastels, some oranges, some blues. Ooh. You know what I mean? It's looking real nice. And it's feeling even better. I'm also wearing MeUndies socks right now because that's right. MeUndies doesn't just make undies. They make socks. They make t-shirts. They make lounge pants. They make they robes. Make robes. They make little... Uh, Things for your dogs, like little like buddy cute scarfs. Yeah, buddy bands is what they call them. You can match with your dog. You can match with your partner. You can match with your friend. You can match with pretty much anybody you want. Your neighbor, your sister. It's all good. We don't judge here. Uh, 19 years. Me Undies has a great offer for my listeners. Uh, any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off and free shipping. This is a no-brainer, especially because they have a 100% satisfaction guarantee. To get 15% off your first pair of free shipping and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash morning. That's MeUndies.com slash morning. Let's get into it. The Invisible Man. Now, Nick, yeah, you have not seen this yet. I might see it Do you want to hear any spoiler-free impressions? Because we're going to be spoiler-free for a minute. It's up to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to say for that. You need to see it in Dolby. This is the only movie (laughs) I have ever said this about because I don't care at all really about the Dolby stuff. It has the coolest opening that sets a really good tone for it. IMO. And Let's it's start it here. Just the title screen. This movie's great. This movie is not just a oh, it's, it's not Hollow Man horror movie. No, no. <laughs> it is a fantastic thriller. It is legitimately scary. It is unnerving in a way that I feel like we had a really so good Moss, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. yes, we've had a really good run of horror movies the last couple of years. Um, I'll, I'll say it started with Get Out. Yeah. Kind of like being there. Jordan Peele. Psychological kind of like thrillers. I think that, that definitely helped reinvigorate the genre. Ex- reinvigorate is yeah. probably the, yeah. the best word. But there's been, with that, we had, uh, you know, Midsummer. We had um, Hereditary. Like, there's been a lot of different types and different styles of these movies. But, like, A Quiet Place is another example. Kind of, like, a new genre of horror, kind of. Yeah. And it's, like, not necessarily about the jump scares, but, like, it really, it's really smart about subverting expectations mm-hmm. and using jump scares when appropriate. But it's more about a mood. And Even it's more, Don't Breathe, too. Exactly. And we love Don't Breathe. We did love Don't Breathe. And, and so the thing Fede with Alvarez. This, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. This movie works so well because it works as a traditional thriller and what we're just talking about, like, on the level of a get out and all that. Mm-hmm. But it also does that thing where it's about more than that. Mm-hmm. Like they do a really good job with themes and a really good job. Well, at with the heart of it, it's about a stock, like a guy who's stalking his ex girlfriend, right? And and so here's, it's hard to talk about this uh, without spoiling anything because I'm not, I, I don't want to spoil the movie, but I almost don't even want to spoil the trailer. Yeah. Like there's there's elements that uh, well the idea the idea top level because I've only seen the trailer for me yeah. so I'll so I'll explain it and this is not spoilers this is whatever you've seen the trailer the idea is that the theme of Someone, a stalker, is taken to the extreme if that person had the ability to be invisible. How could that person, like, basically torture you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on a daily basis? And you could never prove that. So is it in your head or is this person legitimately have this, like, godlike power? And what would that be like in the power, in the hands of someone who is a psychopath ex-boyfriend who's fucking threatening your life? And, like, it's basically like J-Lo, J-Lo's enough. Oh. 
but like times a hundred with technological with, with hollow man technology yeah. uh beginning to end this movie like keeps you on the edge of your seat you're interested the camera work is so cool the characters every single character is interesting and yeah. you you kind of they feel fully fleshed out and like believable and mm-hmm. they do things that you're like oh that's how that person would act in this situation you yeah. never get the sense that it's like oh man horror tropes they had to do that stuff mm-hmm. Um, and you were talking about the beginning of the movie. The first 10 minutes of this movie are, you could just watch that and this would be a worthy experience to yeah. to, to have. It is so unnerving. Mm-hmm. And it sets the tone so perfectly with the use of camera work and sound. And you brought up Dol- uh, Dolby Atmos and I've obviously been a huge proponent of it forever. This is the best use of it I've ever seen. This is better than, uh, than Endgame. This is better than uh, so many other movies like that use it in kind of a big bombastic way. Mm-hmm. Like this movie opens with waves just crashing against a rock and you feel it. And they it's use. The cr- I've never felt like that in a movie theater before. It's crazy. Interesting. Yeah. It's and just, I don't it's just titles. Pick up on stuff like it's that. just the credits are happening, and like you just see like directed by whatever, and it's just waves crashing, and it just lets that happen for like three minutes. That's crazy. Yeah, and yeah. you you really start fucking feeling it, and mm-hmm. that's all I'll say uh, about okay. that. But it's it's really good. And then when it ends, you're just like, fuck yeah, <laughs> like, fuck yeah, yeah. fuck yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they did a great job, and uh, I'm just I'm so impressed. And I'm so happy that that horror movies can be more than just well. That's when they're that's when any movie at its best, right? Whenever yeah. it, whenever you you take a genre film and you actually interject really good theme, really good character development, and then it becomes better than the sum of its parts. And that's really what Get Out did. Get Out is is way more about the social commentary aspect of it, but it doesn't feel like it's shoehorned in. It feels like you're getting it. Jesus Christ! It's like really rattly. It just feels like by. someone's dragging a filing cabinet down the ocean. <laughs> um, but I think I think Jordan Peele and that and and to his credit, like I really do think that Get Out was was a reminder that you can make you can take any genre film and elevate it. Yeah, um, who, who directed um, Hereditary and Midsummer? Ari uh, Aster. Ari Aster. Like uh, these guys, they're just like doing something that's different and special. Yeah. To speak to the Get Out thing, I feel like Invisible Man does that very similar with like commentary on other things mm-hmm. um, in this movie that doesn't feel like it's pandering or anything like that. It's like an actual... I mean, I'm guessing at some point people don't believe her and that plays into it a lot, right? Of but, like the, so, question, the yes questioning no. of... Yeah, of it gets that. it gets complicated. And like this is where it's like, I want to wait till we get in spoilers to okay. talk about this stuff. But like, I feel like this movie uh, expertly navigates between is this about mental health? Is this about... Uh, Spousal abuse, the, like abuse, abuse. Right. And, and it's. I feel like it's one of those things that's very difficult to tell a story like this without coming off as pandering and without coming across as if if it's about one or the other of those it, things. Does audience. it make yeah. one of those things seem believable and villainize yeah. the other? Right. And it just does a really good job of handling it all. For anyone that's like, oh, I saw the trailer and it gave the entire movie away. It absolutely does not. And you should go see it if you are at all interested in it. Let's all let's right. move in. Let's right. move into spoilers. I want to see this movie now, spoilers so I'm right gonna now. leave. Yeah. Okay, bye, Nick. Because the, the the one thing we're now in spoilers mode. But the one thing going off what you just said, I didn't even want to say that. Oh, sorry. Because like to me that it, it's like I was so blown away because that I was so bummed watching that trailer because I'm like I'm intrigued. Yeah. But they just showed the whole fucking movie. They didn't. They yeah. really didn't. And like that is the most impressive thing about it. Like, yeah. I, I loved what they I love how they kind of subverted our expectations from the trailer. Yeah. Like they they really set up that it's about one thing. Yeah. Like and it's really like focused on the money aspect and mm-hmm. it's not at all. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It was really we're in full spoilers. FYI. Um <clears throat> when they go through the whole thing and they get to like the lo- the lawyers meeting being like, Hey, you're entitled to this money. Um and then, like, you see what she does with it in the beginning parts. I was, like, so confused. I was, like, when are they going to have that conversation that they showed in the trailer about, like, things changing? And then you realize, like, that's not something that's pertinent to the story at this moment. I'm just, like, oh, man. You, like, they built the narrative in a way that makes you think that he's only doing this for for this one reason to torture her. And it's, like, no. It's about a million other things and it's so good yeah i mean we always talk about how trailers can ruin movies and tell the entire plot and that sucks yeah and i feel like this is a perfect example of what i want there's scenes in the trailer there are many scenes in the trailer that Mm -hmm. are straight up not in the movie and the narrative that they're building in the trailer is not the narrative of the movie and that's so cool because it really is not about 
uh, the mental side of like, is she fucking crazy? Which we talked about earlier with that horse girl movie of like, it's a really hard genre to get right because it's always that the person's crazy and like no one ever does the other, no one A ever does the other side on the rare occasion that they do. It's never good. Yeah. And I think this nails it. And on top of that, this also does something that is almost impossible for a horror movie, which is explaining the supernatural element of the, the villain in a way that doesn't feel like cheap or corny. Yeah. It's like, yo, there's just subtle shit in this. Like subtle is probably not the right word because it's like extremely shown, but it's not like there's this insane backstory of like how he became the invisible man. No. You see one shot in the first 10 minutes of the movie that shows that this guy works at an optics technology place. Yeah. You can start to put things together. Mm -hmm. And then the way that the movie like starts to introduce you to what this guy's been working on. And then when you see... it's a suit. It's a suit similar to the tech we saw in uh, Spider-Man um, Homecoming Yeah, when they made the ship invisible. Totally. It's the same idea. It's cameras on one side and mm-hmm. uh, screens on another, but you can wear that as a suit. And once you introduce that, it's like, oh, this is super scary because it is believable. There's not some bullshit going on. Like This totally could happen. And the things that he does to ruin her life, none of them are like over the top fucking insane. It's like... Like what? Like the whole dinner scene in the restaurant? What do you mean? With the sister? Yeah. That is like pretty life ruining. No, 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 no. It's plausible. Oh, got it, got it, got it. None of it's like, how did he fucking do it? It's like, oh, no. I thought you meant like, oh, he didn't ruin her life that No, 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 no. (laughs) He fucking fucks shit up. But it's like, anytime he does it, it's in a way that like, I feel like in other movies, if it was just, it's an invisible man, yeah. they'd get away with some bullshit where it's like, well, how did he move that quickly? No, this it's all super, super like realistic. Based... Even within like the fight scenes and stuff like that, it's not like he's like jumping across the st- like, map no, or anything like, like that. No, like, there's, there's a, a momentum it's to it. It's grounded in terms of like so the impressive, tech and man. And like, like I feel like this movie's less about kind of like, how can we scare people as much as possible and more about like, how can we put these people in the shoes of this woman that's really just trying to figure things out with her? Yeah. And they give us just enough information as we're going that I'm just mm-hmm. like, fuck, this movie's really fucking good. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting to see even like not just like, A, the suit technology, cool. The way that they use the sound that it makes in yeah. the movie to just give you clues as to like kind of what's going on is really fucking cool. Um, and then the way that they do that, that matched with the way that the camera work is done, where they will just linger on shots that don't have anything in them to create tension is wild. That's the thing. We were talking about it earlier with the beginning 10 minutes of this movie. It, it starts with the ocean, uh, the waves just crashing. We go into this this beautiful mansion of a house. Yeah. And you see her. But also looks so sterile and cold that it like makes a really cool setting. Exactly. And all, you still, all you're hearing is the waves mm-hmm. still. And you're seeing her like wake up trying to freak, like freaking out a little bit and like clearly escaping this place and trying to get out without the husband or whatever, boyfriend, the, yeah. the guy waking up and noticing. She goes out and she like turns the camera so that it can't like follow her so that she can look at him and, and see like if he gets up or whatever she's looking at on her smartphone. And as she's walking out, you know this movie's the invisible man. So you know that he could be anywhere mm-hmm. if she's not seeing him on the camera. And there's moments where like she's like she puts the phone down and she's like getting dressed and th- the camera just moves over and you just see an empty hallway. And it just sits there for like 15 seconds. And you just still just hear the ocean crashing. And then it just goes back and nothing happens. But the whole time you're like, where is he? What's going to happen? And they do that throughout the movie probably like 10 times. Mm -hmm. And sometimes he's there. Sometimes he's not. And it's really freaking smart. Mm -hmm. Like it's just to me, this movie is a great example of um, taking an idea and committing to it and just being like, we don't need to get crazy. Don't jump the shark on this. Just tell the story we want to tell. The budget was $9 million. Which... Makes sense and doesn't make sense at the same time of like so much of this is like they're it, like they're not actually having to like recreate a lot of like graphic stuff because he is invisible. But the way that they were able to mix that with like the times that you do see him and the sound and stuff like that is really, really cool. Yeah, I, I'm very, very impressed with it. I'm not saying this is the best movie I've ever seen, but mm-hmm. I, I do think that this is on the level of all the movies we named earlier with yeah. the hereditaries and the get outs and the us's and um, <laughs> I haven't seen 
seen Midsummer, but all, all of those. Um, yeah. I, I definitely recommend you go watch it. it. Like you said, if you're interested at all in the in what we've just talked about or the, the trailer, this movie delivers on mm-hmm. that for sure. Yeah, I would say if you're... The one thing with, like, it's not as, like, oh, I was going to say, it's not as, like, gruesome as the Ari Aster movies, but there are some, like, shots that are, like, pretty intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe there. I don't know. That dinner scene, though, where it cuts between Elizabeth Moss and her sister trying to, like, reconcile after the guy has, like, done some fucked up shit. But you see the sister talking, or Elizabeth Moss is talking to the sister, and it turns to the sister, and she, like, turns her head, and she's confused. And then it flips back to Elizabeth Moss and there's just like the knife. <sighs> it, there's some real fucking intention. Yeah. And you just, that was a scene to me that surprised me and won me over even more totally. because I just didn't see it coming. Yeah. You didn't expect it. it anytime you're watching it, you're like, I kind of see where this is going. Mm-hmm. It does something different and it does something quick. It's not yeah. like a, Oh, I wonder where this is going. It's a, Oh, it went there. Whoa. What does this mean? Cause this is crazy. Cause that's the first time you really, I think as far as I remember ever see him fucking with anybody else. That's not her. And you're like, Oh, this kind of builds a bigger picture of like, Oh, he's trying to like ruin her life. Yeah. And it's not just like a just drive her crazy thing. Like he doesn't have any, like no holds barred on what he's willing to do. Earlier I was talking about how every single character in this movie is believable and kind of like works together in such a great way to, to enhance mm-hmm. the narrative. I feel the the friends, the 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 guy and his daughter yeah. hanging out with them, the way that the invisible man kind of uses them against her is so smart of having the, the young daughter be so close to Elizabeth Moss yeah. and then have that scene where she kind of like, the the daughter gets like kicked away and freaks the fuck out because there's no one else in the room and she mm-hmm. really thinks that this woman that, for all intents and purposes, is going crazy yeah. had just, you know, been drugged out and, like, all this stuff. She loses trust in her and you see it and, like, you feel for Elizabeth Moss where you're like, no, fuck, you're getting yeah. so screwed right now. And, like, that's awesome that, like, you care this much about a horror movie. Yeah, and about a, re- a relationship that really doesn't have that much screen time but they, like, just build the world in a way that, like, makes everything seem so believable. Yeah. I'm a big fan. You guys should go check it out. Uh, but anyways, this has been the Kind of Funny Screencast. Thank you very much for joining us this week. Uh, like I said, next week we are doing the Onward review, Pixar, Pixar's Onward, uh, which I hear has a Simpsons short film before it. I just read that, too. Yeah, 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 which is That's a very weird. interesting choice. Hey, man, Disney baby. I'm a, I'm... I don't. I don't know if "excited" is the right word, but I'm interested in. Onward. Absolutely. Yeah, it, Absolutely. I think uh, of the two Pixar movies coming out this year, it's the one I'm least interested in because mm-hmm. I really like the concept of Soul. But we'll see. We shall see. But until then, keep watching shit.